Peace and blessings to you. I am Michael Rojas. And taking a breath here, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And as we move into this breath, we move into this moment, allowing us to be right here, right now. This is where life is occurring. And part of life is the loss of what we call loss of life. It's something that many of us experience in various forms, some more catastrophic than other forms. However, we, we experience loss. And so it can also be to an, a physical item I mean, especially here on the West Coast, we have an attachment to our cars. And so we will actually name our cars. And so when our cars um, leave, we, you know, we have that process that we go through of um, that loss of that car. Right. We might also have a loss of a uh, form of employment. Right. And so this loss will be a little bit different in that. Uh, we might feel as if though we have been shortchanged, that um, that we were wronged. We might feel insecure, right? There's different emotions that will come up if 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 employment is taken from us. Right? Um, we can feel the loss of relationships, um, and not even in the in someone transitioning from from life to death, but uh, say that we are with someone that we're madly in love with, and they decide that they are no longer in love with us. Right again, that's some a form of a loss that we will take quite personal. Right, and so it's important that we can be present with loss because it is part of life. Right, and of course, then there's the loss of when someone does transition from human form back into spirit form. And it could be a parent, a child, our partner, um, our furry kids. Um, some of us, myself, right? Um, my fur babies mean a great deal to me. They are spirit, they are source. So when they transition for me, it's, it's, a, it's a loss of, of a being. And so when we are fronted, uh, confronted with this form of loss, right, this is, there's a grieving process that we absolutely um, go through and we either consciously or unconsciously go through it. Um, if we go through it consciously, we at least have some understanding of what's transpiring, right? So if we talk about the mechanics of loss and the the, the elements that comprise of, of loss when we go through a grief, right? We are moving through, um, you know, the, the first thing that will come up is shock and denial, right? When someone first brings to us um, what we call bad news, uh, it can be difficult to believe. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, is it even real, right? And, um, you know, we, we might start to feel a certain way. We, we might even start to feel numb. Uh, we may, we might not even feel any pain at this point at the loss because we're still in that state of shock. 
You know, and from shock, then we, we move into um, pain and it can't even be guilt for some of us, right? So once the shock starts to fade, uh, we notice to, to start feeling the pain. Uh, and it's when it first hits us that we feel the loss is real. You know, the pain, the pain may be extremely hard to handle and it may feel physical as well as mental and emotional. Um, you may even start to feel guilty about something that you could have done or should have done differently, you know, with that person, for that person. Right. And, and, and so it's really important that we understand this as well, because, you know, so where, you know, this is why it's really important that when we are present with the person, that we are physically there with them, that we are mentally there with them, that we are emotionally there with them, that we are sitting and looking at them directly in the eye, that we are making a heart connection, that we are making a soul connection, right? So this is the only thing that we can do different, right? Yeah, we might have acted out in immature ways, right? And so we can feel, you know, guilt for that, um, you know, and, and any other kind of guilt that we might feel. And that's just part of our inner work to deal with. Right. But how but how we can, um, you know, alleviate some of this is by knowing how we have shown up with the person when they were here in human form. Or again, for me, like, you know, my furry kids, how do I show up with them when they come to me? I take the time to acknowledge them, to be present with them and ask them. You know, well, first, I tell them I love them uh, and then I see what it is they want. And since they are not able to speak to me in this form of communication that you and I are right now, right? I have to um, speak to them in other forms, but I might speak to them verbally and then just look for their cues of how they respond, right? At least with humans, we have the opportunity to say, I love you, I appreciate you, I am grateful for you. And it's imperative that we do because at some point in time, we will lose that opportunity. And that's when the pain and the guilt come in. Because we are then reminiscing of like, should have, could have, would have. And it, it is, it just is, right? And so then we will move from that into anger and bargaining. Um, you know, for many people who start to feel angry, you, you know, you may feel angry with your religion, with someone who was taking care of that person with the person in uh, in the other car, if there was an accident that occurred, right? It may be completely unreasonable who you feel angry with, um, you know, and you seek someone out who you can blame for the loss, right? You may even attempt to bargain to bring that person back, right? We, we, we it's, it's, you know, we, at that point, we lose rational frame of mind. Um, you know, and, and the reason we will, you know, try to, induce anger is because we feel helpless right and even when a person is still in this human form but we can see that that we cannot do anything for them we will feel anger and we will feel anger towards ourselves, towards the person who's transitioning to those who are attempting to be in support and the reason most often that we're feeling anger is is the under root of that is because we are feeling helpless we are feeling helpless from being able to help that person, right? And so, but we can help that person who's transitioning. And how we do that is, again, by being present, by holding them in love. It always comes back to love, 
Always, always, always. Right? So we, we hold that person in love. Right? Um, you know, and, and so then after, you know, after we move through that, you know, that stage, I'm sorry, my, there goes my furry friend right now. So after we move through anger and bargaining, right, then often we'll move into um, depression and reflection and loneliness. Um, generally, this is one of the latter things to, to take effect. Um, when many of your uh, family or friends are starting to overcome their, uh, their suffering or starting to think that you should be overcoming your own suffering, you start to feel depressed. It's like, oh. you know, even though uh, the pain towards the, um, the beginning is hard, this may hit even harder because you're truly coming to terms with, with, what, you've, with what you're going through. Right? And the loss you are experiencing. And this all takes time. Right? It all takes time. Right? And so, um, you, you know, you might not even be feeling the pain as much as you're feeling the change in your life that the losing, that, that the loss of that person has made. Because there's a void. Right? And so this is why we now start having, you know, the heart pains. Right? Because... They um, you know, held a space in our heart. They, and by the way, they continue to hold a space in our heart. Right? Just because they're no longer here in human form doesn't mean that they are no longer with us. Right? Especially when it comes to, um, you know, to anyone where we have created that intimate connection. Um, you know, and I think this does not have to mean that we, it is an intimate sexual partner, right? It's that we have created an intimate relationship with, right? And so it can be a blood or it doesn't need to be blood, right? But, but there is that connection, that soul, what I call the soul connection that we have made with another, right? And this is why, you know, I, I, when I speak, it's like, yeah, we have blood family. However, we have a soul family. And so, you know, it's, it's, we have the opportunity to find our soul tribe. Um, and that's what really matters to me, candidly, right? That it's, you know, that I'm with my soul tribe. And, um, you know, the soul tribe can be splintered and in various states, various countries. It just is, right? Um, so after we go through, you know, the stages of, of um, you know, depression or reflection and loneliness, um, you know, then, then there starts to come a turn in our life. And finally, when you think you can't possibly uh, be any, anything good come from any of this, um, you'll start to experience a turn. You'll start to feel a little bit better each day. It may be slight um, to where you won't even realize it at first. And you won't feel happy at all once, you know, at once. It's just, you just won't. Um, what you may feel is a little less pain, a little less sadness, and more of a feeling of being okay. Because reality is, it doesn't matter if a person transitioned um, a week ago, a month ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's, it, it, it's, it becomes part of this timelessness to where it can feel like a person's been gone a month. It can feel like a person's been gone 10 years. And this is normal. Right, even after some time has occurred. Right, we might sit there and go, Oh my gosh, it's been five years that you know that that my loved one crossed over. And it's like, I can't believe it's been five years. 
And then the next sentence will be, oh my God, it feels like it's been 20 years. So what happens is that the pain lessens, right? We still, um, and we, and, and by the way, it's, it, we, you know, it, there's, there's times when we will still feel an immense pain, right? And I'm sharing with this with you because of, um, my experience of being present when soul has transitioned. Um, and that's been part of my journey and it's intentionally, um, been part of my, apparently part of the soul contract that I made before coming here that I would be present um, and in essence hold space for souls to transition. And it just is. you know. And the first time that I saw a soul leave its physical form is when I realized that this thing that we call breath is not breath. It is spirit. So this is why I place such an emphasis on breath, by the way. Because when we're breathing in, we're breathing in spirit. We're breathing in life force. It's called prana, chi, kundalini, right? It goes by different identities. However, it is spirit. And once this breath ceases to be present within the, these vessels, right? That's it. That's the transition point. And it happens, you know, again, for all of us. We all experience it. There's just no way around it. And it just occurs, right? It's, this is, this is part of the process. And so then eventually, and I, I'm not putting any kind of time frame on this because it's different for each and every one of us, right? But at some point in time, then there comes the reconstruction and working through it, right? This is where you'll start to work your way through the aftermath of losing that loved one. Uh, maybe you have to take care of some financial troubles, either caused by the loss or the grief you went through, you know, while dealing with the loss, maybe you need to just put yourself back together. Right? This is a stage where all of this begins. And then after that, we move into acceptance, the final stage. Um, this is where you'll be in, you know, this is this is where you will be in for the rest of your life. Right? This is um, the one where you start to accept the loss fully and start to move on with your life. Again, it's still painful. You're still aware of it. Um, you can still be... What I, you know, you can still be activated by feelings and emotions, but you know, we're at a point where we can, um, you know, in essence, be in control again of our journey, right? Because it does. This affects our. This this affects our our states, right? Our mental, emotional um, states, and so then that affects how we show up, right? Um, you know, so. Uh, you know, and, and again, you know, you, you, it's, you know, there's no getting over it, you know, but you start to feel okay about it. You know, you're able to think about them and even talk about them without feeling the despair or the intense pain, right? Doesn't mean that tears won't come up, because often they will, right? But you may, um, you know, it may make you sad to think about them, uh, but you may also make you happy because, 
now you can remember and be happy about the good times right so keep in mind the stages of grief are only different you know that the stages of grief are different for everyone right you may only spend a few days in disbelief um, you know or you know you may spend a few weeks um, you know and again it's different for each and every one of us right you may never go through um, a stage of, of um, you know trying to bargain um, you know, there is no right way, um, right way or wrong way to grieve, right? It's just different for every one of us. So how do we then um, move into being proactive um, so that when the transition occurs that we have best prepared ourselves for it as much as we can? Again, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to be painful. However, we can be mature and responsible. Right? And... Um, you know, the, the, the best words of advice I can give are to love the other, right? To see them as the being that they are, not as the parent, not as the spouse, not as a child, but to see them as source, to see them as spirit, to see them as an individual being, to be present with them whenever you have the opportunity to engage with them. Again, making that eye connection, that heart connection, that soul connection. You know, to speak words of authenticity with them. To share with them how you feel about them, right? Because if you don't tell them while they're here, and how can you ever tell them, right? You can, yeah, you absolutely can, can speak to spirit anytime, any, anytime, right? But it just gives us a level of comfort when we are able to speak to them while they are here in human form. Right? So it's, it's absolutely imperative that we are present with those that we love, those that we cherish, those that we appreciate. Because reality is, at some point in time, they will transition. We will transition, right? At some point in time, you know, me speaking, those of us listening, we're going to transition and someone else is, it's going to be them that are then here on this side of the veil, you know, grieving us. So make the most of it, right? That's really what it comes down to. You know, with everything in life, just make the most of it. You know, and, and so here's then what happens when, when we are consciously, actively living with the person um, and we are in the accept, acceptance that life is impermanent, that everything is impermanent, Right. What then occurs is that as you know, we know that their time to transition is approaching, we can start to make peace with it. And most importantly, we can be in gratitude for the richness that we have in our memory of them, of our experiences, of how they have touched us, of how we have been present with them and how we have supported them in their life and how we have loved them in their life. Right? And they how they have shared that with us. Right? 
So this is where when, when someone transitions, right, that rather than what we call the grieving, that we celebrate a person, right, that we are gr grateful for them, we are grateful for the experiences that we shared, we're grateful for the time that we had. If it's a bloodline, you know, we're grateful for that, we're grateful for how they continue to live on within us. We're grateful for the knowledge, the wisdom uh, that they have imparted upon us. You know, we're grateful for them being in spirit form, so therefore we can always be in dialogue with them. We're grateful for the understanding and the inner awareness that they are always present. So speak to them, even if they're not in human form. Speak to them. They're speaking to you. So speak to them. Um, I just thought it was really important to share this right now as we are in this new moon. Um, as we are in what I'm still calling the spring cleaning. Because again, this is part of cleaning, right? This is part of the cleaning process, folks. So I, I, for me, it was just imperative to share this message with you at this moment in time. Um, and as always, trying to keep these relatively short. We're at 21.15. So I'm going to close out uh, now again. Love and light out to each and every one of us, reminded that we are all blessed, that we are all blessing, that we are always guided, that we are always protected. Namaste.